Welcome to the Why Relationships Matter podcast, powered by Goody Nation, where conversations with founders, experts, and organizations show how leveraging networks creates deep relationships that lead to revenue, funding, better CEOs, and big impact. Hey everyone, welcome to the next edition of the Why Relationships Matter podcast by Goody Nation. I am your host, Joey Womack, founder and CEO, and today I have the pleasure, the esteemed privilege to interview a young woman who is doing her thing, amazing entrepreneur, and is the definition, the definition of somebody who makes things happen, who is always moving forward. And so um, to talk a little bit about Goody Nation first, before we, we start this conversation, Goody Nation is a nonprofit based in Atlanta, Georgia, but is national. And we are focused on closing the relationship gap for tech focused social entrepreneurs uh, and diverse founders all across the country. We define the relationship gap as the lack of connection between entrepreneurs and those in influential networks. So think name brand universities and name brand companies. In many cases, people talk about the lack of financial capital for diverse founders and social entrepreneurs being the big thing. And it's a big issue. What we found, however, is that the lack of relationships for them lead to less financial capital. But it also leads to things like higher levels of stress. It leads to lack of customers and lack of professional development. So today we're going to talk a little bit about it. We're going to go into a conversation with 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 uh, with London here. Talk a little bit about her origin story and inflection points. Talk about her thoughts on relationships and also how they have impacted her business. So, London, um, let's learn a little bit more about you. Can you give the people out there a quick uh, intro and overview about who you are and what you do? Absolutely. Thank you for having me, Joey. Um, I'm excited to be here. So, hi, everyone. My name is London Carter. I am the co-founder and CEO of Lane London. We are a first of its kind bridal shop that's appending the wedding dress experience by providing chic high-end wedding dresses for rent versus for purchase. Um, Super excited to be here, talk about all of the relationships that have helped me get to the point where I am today and um, looking forward to sharing uh, my journey with you. Awesome. Awesome. So so I'm a big Star Wars person and I love prequels and origin stories. I I just... Sequels and stuff are cool, but I love to go back and understand how someone got to be who they are. So let's learn a bit, a little bit about who you are, um, where you come from, how'd you get to where you're doing, what are some of those inflection points of people you've met along the way? Yeah, absolutely. So I am originally from Santa Fe, New Mexico. Um, so my parents actually met there in college. My dad is African-American and my mom is Spanish. Um, so I grew up grew out out west, grew up out west, um, and then actually moved to Florida when I was, uh, I think, in like third or fourth grade. So I consider myself a Floridian. But, um, you know, I think throughout my time growing up, um, especially as a person of color, it was interesting to see the dynamics and the types of relationships that came from being, um, you know, this young kid growing up in the 80s and 90s whose parents did a really great job at telling her that she was just like everyone else. Um, and, you know, because of that, I think I built relationships with 
all different types of people from all different backgrounds. Uh, my mom is a teacher by trade. She's been a teacher in the inner city for over 40 years. Um, it might be less than that. I'd probably just aged her. Um, <laughs> but um, So I grew up around um, kids that weren't as privileged as we were um, and really being able to see how my mom built relationships with these kids who did didn't have anything and their parents and treated them just like anyone else. And so it started really early on that I just, I really understood the importance of, you know, respecting everyone and treating each other how you would want to be treated um, and how, you know, they want to be treated because not everyone, you know, does that. And I think people, um, people can tell from the moment that they meet you, I think how you're going to treat them and how you're going to respect them. And so, you know, Early on, it was, you know, you're no different. We all, my mom used to say, we all put our, our, our pants on the same way. And so just, you know, being a, being a great example to my younger brothers, I'm the oldest of four kids, um, being a great example to them uh, about what relationships look like. And um, then moving on into my undergrad career and then mentoring um, young people while I was in corporate America and, and, and continuing to, I think just building those relationships and showing what relationships look like has always been something that's important to me. Nice, nice, nice. I mean, so one of the the cool things about digging in someone's origin story is the understanding like, like, like key points or common, common points. And so for me, my mother was an educator uh, or is in education as well. And so actually my, my grandmother was a elementary school teacher and many of the people in my family are as well. Um, so let's talk a little bit about how you got to become an entrepreneur. So you moved to Florida from New Mexico, went to college. Like how did, what's, what happened between time you were in college and, and what you're working on right now? Yeah. So I never saw myself as an entrepreneur. Um, and I've said this several times in articles and interviews, you know, growing up um, as a young mixed girl in the United States or really anywhere, um, you you don't really see you don't really hear the word entrepreneur first of all in you know the 90s 2000s um, but then you know 2002 2003 come and then when you see entrepreneurs and startups you just see like the Mark Zuckerbergs um, and so you see these like you know bros that I guess we call them you know in their in, at Harvard or in their mother's basement and they're coding and and that's to me what I always saw as an entrepreneur um, I never saw anyone that looked like me I think the first time I ever you know actually saw an entrepreneur. Um, um, that had, you know, come from startup world was Sarah Blakely. And that was, you know, way later down the road. And so I, you know, I always told myself and, you know, my parents, they put themselves through, um, they put me through college. Um, I had student loans. I, you know, worked my butt off when I was in college. But, you know, one thing that they said is they'll never be able to take away your degree. And so yeah. for me, it was always, okay, you're going to go to college. You're going to get this cor uh, corporate job. You're going to climb this metaphorical ladder and you're going to have this secure space. And this is what you're going to do. Um, and it really wasn't until, um, gosh, maybe like five or six years ago, I was uh, working at Cox Communications and Diversity and Inclusion, and I was leading that group, and I decided to get my MBA. Um, and so I was a political science major in college, um, and I knew that there was something missing from my education, um, and I didn't have that business background, that business acumen that I was really missing. And so I decided to get my exec MBA. Um, I said, if I was going to do it, I'm going to do it right. Um, I'm going to go to the best school that is in the area. Um, no offense to the others, but so I went to Emory University. Go Emory. Um, <laughs> 
And it was pretty life-changing. That was the, the first time where I took an entrepreneurship class and it was very new to the curriculum. And it was just one class and it was taught by uh, Charlie Getz, who's um, very well known in the Atlanta ecosystem when it comes to startups. And it was just life-changing. It really kind of brought everything together for me. I've always seen myself as a leader, as someone who um, wanted to make a difference, wanted to make change. And I was doing that in my career, um, in my corporate job. But um, when I started learning about disruption, you know, disrupting these industries. It wasn't just about being an entrepreneur. It was about doing something radical. Um, you hear about, you know, Jen Hyman of Rent Their Runway and Airbnb. And like I said, um, Spanx, like these people all have something in common that they took an industry and basically flipped it, on, flipped it on its head. And so for me, it wasn't just about being a business owner or an entrepreneur. It was about finding something that I could disrupt. And so um, that's really how it started. It wasn't that traditional route. I didn't, you know, right out of college, develop an app or, you know, start a business. Um, but I just fell in love with it and I haven't looked back. Um, you know, we've talked about this. You've, you've been there pretty much since day one. You know, you've, you have your ups and your downs and your good days and your bad days. But um, at the end of the day, it's just something about working for yourself and building something from scratch that um, just keeps you going. Nice, 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 nice. So, so you mentioned Char Charlie Getz. You know, I, I believe that there are these hidden figures, so to speak. A lot of, you know, in, in the grand scheme of life, maybe not not a lot of people know about Charlie Getz and stuff like that. But I think there are people sprinkled throughout our lives who make a tremendous impact. They create these inflection points. So, want to go into a little bit about some of the other people that you've met along your way as an entrepreneur that have made a, that have made a difference. Um, anybody come to me? Yeah, absolutely. So um, Charlie was kind of that first, that first push. Um, but shortly after that, Amelia Schaffner, who um, is at Emory, goes out of business school. So she runs the entrepreneurship program. She had reached out to me um, to see if I was interested. I was actually on vacation with my family. And I just so happened to check my email. And I had this email from her um, asking me if I was interested in this little program at Atlanta Tech Village called... Um, it takes a village. Um, I think was that what it was, I think it's called. Yeah, it takes yeah, a village. Yeah, pre-accelerator. Yeah, pre um, and I didn't know much about it. I had just kind of started um, like the research phase of Lane London, but um, she was like, "You have to apply today." And I was in. Um, I remember I was in Canada, and so I was in Canada and uh, on the opposite coast. And I had to like I think I had like an hour to fill out the application. Wow. Um, and so I'm sitting there filling it out, trying to get Wi-Fi. And then next thing I know, I get back in town a couple of days later and I have an interview with uh, David Lightbird and Karen Houghton um, about the program. And that was really kind of that pivotal moment. Um, you know, I didn't know anything about um, startups. I didn't know what a mm -hmm. you know business model was, business canvas. I'd all heard about it in Charlie's class and I'd seen it from um from that the educational perspective, but I'd never really, you know, understood what it was. And so that was pretty crucial to me. Um, you know, pretty much right after that is kind of when you and Jewel came along. And um, I actually met Jewel um, through that program. She came and spoke to us. And that was the first time that I had um, met her. And 
like I said, I didn't see anyone that looked like me um, doing this. And so not only to see this, you know, beautiful, educated black woman, you know, talking about her startup that she sold to Amazon, but it was in a very non-traditional, you know, female led uh, industry. And, you know, that was just fascinating to me. And um, so it's these people, like you said, that are sprinkled into your life uh, that come at different times. But I truly believe that they come at the right times Um, and they come when you're ready. Um, But also, you know, something that I say all the time is luck is what happens when preparation meets opportunity. And I truly believe that in everything that I do, like things just don't get handed to you. Um, People ask me all the time, you know, you've got these money from Google, from American Express, from all these companies, it's because of the the hard work and the preparation that I made sure that I had when these opportunities were then presented to me, I was able to articulate why I was the best fit for them. And so um, without those people, I mean, you guys really were the, the first people who catapulted me into this world of entrepreneurship. No, I love it. I love it. So so shout out to Amelia, Aww. shout out to Jewel Burke, Solomon there. Um, the story reminds me of one with uh, with Jasmine Crow from Gooder. So I remember so the whole story about you having an hour to apply. Uh, and it's interesting to see the see the the, the growth of, of both of you all. So your story is you have an hour to apply. Um, you're going on to do a great things. And I do want to talk about that in a second. But with Jasmine, she emailed me. This is, you know, fall. This is what? Uh, early September. Um, 2016, or maybe like literally at the end of August 2016, and she got an hour to apply to our program as well. And uh, she said that, you know, is this idea interesting to you? Um, and if it is, does it fit within the thesis essentially for your program? And I was like, yes and yes. You have an hour to apply and you know, the rest is history. So actually, so Jasmine spoke, um, through that same program at here at tech village. Um, Mm. and you know, I always, I always see, I saw her from afar. So I'd heard of her. I feel like she's maybe like, I guess one class or one or two classes ahead of me in my entrepreneurship journey, but it was just, her story was just fascinating. Like you said, and I remember something that she was talking about to us where she literally for two things, her, her business concept is simple. It makes sense. Like why are people throwing, why are businesses throwing away all of this food when there are starving people all, you know, all over it, it just didn't make sense. Like it, it was a logistical issue that no one had wanted to figure out and she went and figured it out. But the other thing that, you know, really stuck out to me was, you know, she, there was times where she was literally picking up the food and dropping it off. And, you know, just this weekend I was sitting there sewing sleeves on a dress um, because just there was a mix up on something and I'm not a seamstress, but <laughs> I had to do it. But, um, and so like, there's times, you know, where, you know, as an entrepreneur, you are so passionate about your idea that you don't want it to fail and you want it to work out very well. And so you'll, you have to do that. Like, you know, that you in the business, you know, I always say like working in the business and working on the business are two very different things, but, um, you know, she was also an inspiration to me and continues to be. And I'm just so proud of uh, her success. And I, I try and cheer her on as much as I can. Um, she's, you know, she's just an amazing person. Both, like I said, her and Jewel are just amazing um, examples to go after. Not so interesting thing. So, so, and I don't know what room within Atlanta to actually. So when, when, when Jasmine came to speak to you, like I'm assuming it was actually at Atlanta Tech Village. Yeah. 
Um, do you know like what room it was in? Yeah. So, you know, um, where they have the, um, ping pong table. That okay. Room. So there's that room to the right, um, where they usually do like lunch and learns and things like that. Um, so it was in that room. I think there was, I think there was like 10 people in the cohort, um, that they were speaking to and we didn't know, you know, all of us were, you know, it's, I wouldn't even consider it early stage startups. I mean, this is like very, everyone was pretty much very pre-seed or pre-seed, pre-revenue, pre-everything. I mean, I think David came in and showed us how to do a business uh, template or, you know, the business layout, business plan layout. Um, And, you know, we all were just trying to figure out if our ideas were worth uh, continuing. (laughs) So here you have, you know, these women who are just, pioneers in both of their spaces and their industries and are just changing the game right here in Atlanta, not in Silicon Valley, not in New York, here in Atlanta, um, was just so inspiring. And I mean, like that was, I mean, we, I didn't even have relationships with them at the time. It was just, like you said, just being in the room and being able to hear someone's story, you know, that in itself, I feel like is a relationship builder and shows you that, you don't have to, you know, have an MBA from Harvard or an MBA from Stanford to be able to see and be be around that energy of phenomenal entrepreneurs. Yeah, you're absolutely right. Um, inspirational relationships are there. Giving someone a standard to, to strive toward is is a huge thing. I think, you know, I, I bring up the, the Jasmine piece because a week later, after she emailed me, she's in Atlanta Tech Village at our at our ideation lab in, in the large room for the, they have for events and things of that nature. Um, so, you know, I, I don't know what, so what year did she come to speak to you? I guess, were you in that, that program? Um, so we were in the first cohort, um, I want to say 2017, maybe. Mm. Mm. Yeah. So it was 17. So you talk about a year later. She yeah. was, she was a year later. She's, she's, she's talking to you. I think she had just, and I may be wrong. I think she had just, um, confirmed her deal with the airport, with the Atlanta mm. airport. Yeah. Um, and then yep. I think it just went off from there. I think everyone, yeah. else, you know, joined the bandwagon, which is yeah. a pretty darn good bandwagon to get onto. So, yeah, exactly. Relationships matter. Trust they me. Matter. Relationships yeah. matter. Yeah. Okay. So let's talk a little bit about where you sit today. Right. You, so you, you, you threw out some name Google for startups, American Express. I think there's a few others. What, what's what, what, what are you working on today? Um, latest progress, kind of things of that nature. The, 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 what's the latest and greatest? Yeah, so um, we actually are just, we're in the last day of June. We just had our best month ever, um, which I'm super excited for my amazing team. Um, June last year, which was very different than probably any June will ever be, um, due to COVID, I think we were at around maybe like 35, 4,500 that month in revenue. Um, We just broke a little over 25,000. I think Mm. we're at like 25,800. Nice. Um, we have, I think maybe three or four appointments left for the day. So nice. Um, but we, you know, we're just killing it and I think, you know, we're doing it on our own. So we've, we've done a little bit of fundraising, um, but our cap table is still just myself and my co-founder. Um, last year we received some amazing support, as you mentioned, from, um, some amazing companies, um, that was such huge validation. Um, Validation was like the word that I used to to describe last year. Um, It really was Um, because there's just something about these billion dollar companies saying, hey, 
check out this person, you know, American Express 100 for 100, you know, these were founders from all over the world. Like, it's just, it's amazing validation that, you know, you're, you're in the right place and you're doing the right things. And so, um, you know, right now I'm just focused on getting, um, getting us to the next point. Um, you know, our path to scalability is, um, pretty much laid out for the next year or two. Um, a lot of it is because of Goody Nation and Google, um, you know, this SAP uh, pro bono pro, uh, project um, program, pardon me, that just wrapped up um, as well as the Verizon uh, marketing com uh, programs. Those really laid out the foundation for our, our plan for scalability um, and automating a lot of our processes and procedures. And it's going to take us to the next level um, you know, and I'm super excited to just continue getting that rolled out because that's that's really what it is. I mean, never in a million years would I have ever thought that three phenomenal SAP consultants would be working with Lane London at this level that we're at for six weeks. Um, and not only did, you know, they just dive into my business, they transformed it. Um, and I told them, I said, you guys will forever be a part of our team and our journey. Um, and I'm just so grateful for those relationships that I would have never built if it wasn't for um, Goody Nation and for Google. So so, so let, let's dig into this a little bit more. So, again, we define relationship gap as the lack of connection between entrepreneurs and, in this case, name brand companies. So you mentioned SAP. You mentioned Verizon, um, two of the largest companies in the world. In this case, they essentially have pro bono programs that are providing some sort of support, either kind of in depth or with advice. So I want to start with with SAP. Can you describe, you know, what they actually, you know, a little bit about the program and, and maybe at a high level? Don't give away any trade secrets. Yeah. Um, you know what they what they are able to, to do for you. Yeah, so essentially, you know, we worked with them to streamline the efficiency of our day-to-day -day operations um, and our inventory management systems. Um, you know, we are the first of its kind wedding dress rental um, business model. Um, so there's no other business model in the world um, that is operates like ours. Um, and I actually know that for a fact because um, we tried very hard to find some people to talk to. <laughs> it's like, how do, how do you do this? Um, and so, you know, we, we needed we've basically pieced together things for the last two years. Um, and so they came in and basically evaluated our tech stack. And what was most important was if anyone knows SAP, you know, th this company works with multi-billion dollar companies, you know, it's not, they're not, you know, out there working with scrappy startups like mine um, who are excited to do 20 grand a month. Um, and so for them, the challenge was, okay, how do we take their current tech stack and their current, um, tools and tech technology that they're using and allow them to continue that while they're while they're scaling their company. So maybe eventually one day they'll be able to use SAP products. But right now, like what can we do to, to make sure that our recommendations that we provide for scaling their day-to-day -day operations is something that's actually obtainable for them. And I tell you, they did it. Um, I don't, like you said, I don't want to give too much away, but um, just within the last six weeks that we've worked with them, we've seen our revenue and our consultations just increase dramatically. Mm. Um, you know, we are, you know, we're hearing from brides, you know, word of mouth marketing has always been something that we've done, but we're hearing from brides, from friends of friends of friends that have already heard about us um, and are like, I tried to get an appointment. I, I couldn't get one. Can I get in? Like, it, it's really, really cool. You know, we, we're, we're really trying to keep up with, with the, um, 
the growth that we're seeing. And a huge part of that was, you know, creating and streamlining our technology. You know, there have to be things that are automated. Um, you know, the level of expectations from um, not only customers, but from brides who are tr trusting us with transforming them on their biggest day is super important. And so having things and systems automated in place is, is extremely important as you grow for any company, but mostly, you know, a, a lot for us as we're, we're figuring out and understanding how to, to make this one of a kind business model work. Nice, nice. I mean, let's talk about the human side of it as well. I mean, yeah. did you re develop relationships with those employees? Uh, you know, where do you see it going from from here? Yeah, so I got really lucky um, early on. So my co-founder and I have been uh, close friends for over 10, 15 years. Um, my background and and actually, before I say this, the more and more that I hear stories of successful founders um, or people who um, had tech backgrounds and then people ask them what was, what's was what been the success of their company is they brought on people who have human resource backgrounds. So yeah. HR, diversity and inclusion, talent development. Um, I believe it was, and I forgot his name and I'm just going to say Serena Williams' husband. <laughs> um, what, what's his name? Uh, I think it was Alexis. Alex? Alexis. Alex? Yeah, so I just heard him speak on something and he was talking about, so his his business partner, she's like the former uh, HR person at a startup. Um, and he said like that human capital piece, like he's great at the tech piece. Like he created Reddit, he can do all that, but okay, you create this great product. Now you have to like hire people to work for you and like want them to stay there and like encourage them to, you know, invest as much as they they can into the business as you are. And so having that background in human resources and talent development, I think really helped me. And and honestly, the, the HR piece has been pretty simple because of that. Um, and I've just been able to, um, I know how to navigate relationships and um, things like that. And so, you know, early on, I brought on all, all our staff that uh, I currently have, um, have been here from the beginning. Um, Last year through COVID um, was obviously pretty rough. Um, I made sure that I paid them exactly what they made prior to the pandemic. Um, you know, I had to tighten my purse strings a little bit, but, you know, I think that was important. And and that says a lot um, and said a lot about me um, and my company. And so, you know, being able to see people and like back to what I said, the relationships, treating everybody the same and understanding that, you know, if you treat your if you treat your employees how you would want to be treated, they're going to be there for you, and they've really shown and proved that um, throughout our growth. I continue to, you know, praise them every single day um, when I see them. I say thank you for you know being who you are and doing what you do. And it's those little things I think that matter, um, especially when you're starting a company where you know you want top talent, but you know that talent can if if it's truly top talent they can really go anywhere they want so you know what's in it for them and you have to really show them that it's more than just you know even just a check you know if if you're creating an, a culture of inclusion in an environment that someone wants to be around you know they're going to be there for a while so yeah yeah, no, I'm with you. I'm with you 100 percent. And kudos to you for fulfilling that promise to founders to I'm not the founders to your to your team um, to continue to, to to pay them and, and stuff like that, which probably said coming came at a personal cost to you. Um, I think that that topic needs to be explored even more amongst leaders when we do a, a, a recap of the pandemic. 
Um, we'll talk a little bit about Verizon as well. So you got connect, connected to, to Verizon for, for mentorship and marketing communications. Can you talk a little bit about that at a high level and, and the person you were connected to? Yeah, so the Verizon program was um, really awesome too. So the gentleman that I was connected with, um, he has been at Verizon for over 20 years. Um, and uh, he had been in a role or he had continued to be in roles that evolved throughout that time um, in, in marketing. So in some form of capacity in, in marketing and, um, you know, everything from, I think we talked about uh, this AT&T or not AT&T, pardon me, uh, Verizon way back in the day when there was, um, you know, hard-lined internet and like mm. just, just completely all the way up to today and where they are. And um, the relationship that we built um, was a little bit different than the SAP program. But um, what I really liked about it is we just, in the beginning, we just clicked. And you know, I truly feel like it's going to be a lifelong relationship. Um, you know, anytime I have a question or, you know, he's like, if you need a connect or a contact on something, um, if you need me to, you know, look at a pitch deck, look at, you know, a potential commercial that you're, you're wanting to advertise, you know, let me know. And I think having that type of relationship where it's a give and take, because on his end too, he's like, you know, I love what you're doing with your company. I think it's fascinating. Um, you know, Verizon's always looking to partner with small businesses um, and really understand, you know, what are those needs that they need um, for, for their products and services. Um, and I think that's, that was just great for him to, to be able to extend that, that out to us and say, hey, you know, is it phone service? Is it internet? You know, how fast does your internet need to be? Do you, you know, do you need to be able to have, you know, a uh, security system and things like that? You know, are they um, economical to small businesses when they're starting off? And so there was just, it was a really good give and take relationship. And it really felt like for such a short period um, of, of meeting someone that like, if I texted him now with a question, um, he, you know, he would text me back right away. Um, so, yeah, so it, it, it was both programs kind of gave different things, but I think one of the things, and this is really to the credit of Goody Nation is um, you guys understand who we are as founders on our end. And so you guys partnered us with people who understood, um, you know, where we were coming from and what our goals and our expectations were. And it's not always going to be about, you know, setting, you know, an hour on everyone's calendar once a week, um, just to kind of talk about something, you know, a lot of times relationships and relationships are about, you know, maybe not talking to that person for two or three months, but then, you know, one of you needs something down the road because we understand that we're both super busy. Um, but when we need that, or when we have a question about something, it's really good to have, you know, those types of people in your pocket. Um, you know, he was actually filming some stuff um, with, with uh, I think the NBA and he would ask me if I wanted to um, go out and connect with them and, you know, just tell them, you know, how, how there's ways that maybe the NBA and Verizon could partner with small businesses. And so that looked good on his end uh, for Verizon. And then also it gave me the opportunity to continue to build relationships. And so mm -hmm. it really is, you know, a give and take um, when it comes to building and cultivating relationships with um, both people and also brands. That, that's amazing. I didn't know about the NBA piece. So, <laughs> so let's take a step back. So you mentioned a lot of great companies. You've had a, you know, a lot of support. And, and I'm not saying that you've received probably all support that, that you need. Like that. Nope. Still looking for support. <laughs> yeah, we'll, we'll get into that in a second. But like, you know, what do you, as you, as you think about your journey as a founder, a founder of color, a woman founder, 
Um, you're in Atlanta. Atlanta's made great strides in entrepreneurship in, in the last few years, but we're not, in terms of the connectedness, I'd probably say not New York, not San Francisco or the Bay Area. What do you think about the, just this, this concept in general about, or, or, or even, even looking back at your journey? Like if you, if you didn't have the ability to be inspired by Jewel, uh, didn't have the ability to be inspired by Jasmine, didn't get into it takes a village, right? You didn't get, on, get into that ecosystem. You're not connected to SAP or Verizon. What do you think your, your entrepreneurial journey is like? Can you imagine what it's like for other other founders like that? It, I, I can. And the only reason I can is because when I was um, finishing at uh, Goizeta Business School, we had the opportunity of going to South Africa. Mm-hmm. Um, and we were in Johannesburg and we visited um, a tech, an entrepreneurship hub. And it's exactly what you just said. It, these people are all the way half across the world. Um, they're just as smart, um, just as talented as, as I am sitting here in Atlanta with this ecosystem, but they didn't have that ecosystem. Mm-hmm. And so it was, and this was before I became an entrepreneur too. So I was still kind of, I was still in grad school sort of figuring out what I was going to do next. And uh to see these people who were so, it was so inspiring. You know, they were building things. They were using, you know, um, things in their village that one woman, and I don't remember all the details, forgive me, but there was this one uh, type of plant that only grew in her village Mm -hmm. and she had created a lotion and it was actually, she was in talks with, I I believe it was like L'Oreal or like Procter and Gamble about, using this to not only create her lotion, but to basically, you know, keep her village, you know, alive and and thriving for, you know, years and years to come. And that was a really cool story. Um, But that wasn't, that was kind of one of those like rarity cases. And so you have these entrepreneurs that, you know, in their mind, what was interesting was they were like, I just need to get to America. If I get to America, I will be able to be Mark Zuckerberg. Mm. Or, you know, and, and this was like really what it was like, if I can just get to America and show them my idea. And I think a lot of that's, you know, you have Shark Tank and you have all these, you know, different shows and, you know, the Facebook movie and things. And but it was kind of one of those things where like, OK, well, it's like I don't want to break it to you, but just because you get to America doesn't mean. I... You know. And and it was a completely different experience um, seeing that. And so it made me grateful, you know, coming back and having, you know, Atlanta Tech Village and Goody Nation and and the gathering spot in these places to be able to have this in my backyard and help me say, OK, this is my idea. Now, what what are the next steps that I need to go versus them? It was like, this is my idea. Now I need to get to America. And then it's like you get to America and then you realize that everyone has an idea. Um, and, you know, so so I think it was um, it was eye opening, um, but it was also something that is near and dear to my heart, like my, you know, I, end all be all goal is to become a venture capitalist and a philanthropist and Mm -hmm. be able to just give back. Um, That's something that, that when I was a little girl, that was what I, when someone asked me what I wanted to be when I grew up, I remember my mom said that I told, I told her that I wanted to dress up as a homeless person on the New York subway and see what people, see what people needed help and give them money. If I saw that they needed help. Wow. I know it's, it's the wildest story. And that's basically what a philanthropist is. 
and, you know, someone who, who cares about people and, you know, see these underrepresented and underserved communities and give them that push and that help that they need. You know, I was fortunate enough to go to two amazing schools um, and get a great education, but not everyone is not everyone has those opportunities. And so I really do try as much as I can to pay it forward. Um, but to your point before, you know, I still, you know, I think one of the biggest things is having support from, you know, these large companies, people are like, oh, she's good. She doesn't need anything else. But um, you do. I mean, I think that you have the support from from these companies, but you also need support from people who are, you know, have the talent and the skills to be able to take you to to the next level. Not that these companies don't, but I think one of the biggest misconceptions is like if you're in Silicon Valley, you can, that's where, that's where you get the top tech talent. So if you're going to start a company, you need to do it in Silicon Valley, because if not, you know, your technology is not going to be as good because the, the, um, developers are there. And so I think a lot of times people, um, think that, you know, people in, in South Africa think they have to get to America. People in Atlanta think that they have to get to Silicon Valley. Like, everyone's kind of chasing this like metaphorical circle of like places that you have to get to to do something. And, you know, I just want to let people know you can do it from anywhere, um, honestly. And it's just really about building those relationships. If, if 2020 taught us anything, it was, you know, this face-to-face on zoom can be just as impactful as it is in person, if not even more efficient. Right. Exactly. Exactly. No, I love it. I love it. I love it. So let's, um, this has been an amazing conversation. Amazing conversation. Lot, lots of gems here. Hope y'all are paying attention out there. Let's talk. I mean, it, it's kind of more so in, in closing. You know, you want to talk about plans for the future? Any any cool things you're working on? I mean, again, I mean, this is all public, so take it for what it's worth. But anything you want to share? Yeah. So you know, I'm super fortunate to, like I said, to be a part of the Atlanta startup ecosystem. Um, very grateful and um, honored to just be a part of Goody Nation and Google for Startups and stuff. I love, you know, eventually um, we will start fundraising. Um, When I first started, um, I tried and we just weren't in the place to do it, you know, and and that's okay. I think that's like one of the biggest misconceptions is like you start a startup, then you start fundraising right away. It works for some people. It doesn't necessarily work for everybody. Um, But without those no's and that rejection, you know, we wouldn't be, we wouldn't see the revenue that we do now. Um, And it just, it just came with time. Like we had to like learn and we had to fall and get back up. But, um, you know, I do, I, I didn't start Lane London um, to just own a wedding dress shop. Um, That was never my intention. Um, I see this as a business that, is disrupting an industry. I mean, this is a huge industry. I think it's like 3.5 billion now. There's, you know, over half a million weddings a year in the United States um, with the average wedding costing anywhere from 30 to $40,000. And so, you know, there's this huge opportunity that um, we've taken over the last couple of years that's not being taken in any form or fashion how we're doing it. And so I think that, being able to take it to the next level is going to take that, um, I guess you want to say you're that venture backed money. Um, but it's something that is still new to that world. Um, and so I think educating, um, investors that, Hey, you know, it's just not a wedding shop. You're not just investing in dresses. Like you're investing in, um, 
me and you're investing in my idea that my idea and, and the proof that I've been able to show that like, this is something that is here forever. Um, whether, you know, you're a part of it or not, you know, is, is up to them, but I love, you know, it's kind of rambling a little bit, but I love what, um, Jules doing with collab capital. Um, you know, that's definitely something that's on my radar for later down the road. Um, uh, Sean uh, O'Brien is one of my uh, advisors um, over at Overline VC, him and Michael Cohn. Um, they've been phenomenal. Uh, their funds, um, not really kind of what, um, their, their funds a little bit look different than, you know, bridal retail, but they've just been amazing um, support system and um, guides for me as I'm navigating, you know, is this fund, you know, something that I should look into? Is this program something that I should look into? And so, you know, just because you meet someone and they tell you no uh, to their fund doesn't mean that that relationship's over. And I think I've been able to prove that with Sean and Michael. Um, they've been crucial and pivotal to the success of Lane London, even though I know that, you know, I may never be a part of their fund. That's okay. Um, and so, you know, I think that understanding what's right for you um, is important. And, you know, I want to see Lane London grow into something even bigger than it is now. Um, I don't want to give too much away of how we're going to be doing that. But, um, you know, I have plans um, that put us at essentially over 7 million next year, um, nice. based on the things that I have in, in, uh, in play right now. And we would be doing all of that still with no one on our cap table besides me and my um, founder, my co-founder. I love it. I love uh, it. I love it. So, <laughs> that's great. Super, super, I'm, I'm super excited. I get excited. I get, I get excited. Yeah. 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 No, I'm super excited to, to track this progress as well and, and, and see how we can continue support. I think uh, really as we, as we close, um, one thing that jumped to mind to me is I don't. Do you know the the team from from Sheer Sheer in, in Dallas? I don't. Uh-uh. So they're another Google for Startups award winner. Um, so Sheer Sheer is like Airbnb for, and hopefully they don't kill me for this. Like Airbnb for hairstylists. Okay. And so the team there, um, Courtney Caldwell and, and her husband Ty, I think they've done like a three four million dollar seed round or something like that, um, but. They had like 25 years experience um, with with hair, either as a stylist or barber and things of that nature. And so they were able to leverage that domain expertise into, you know, what they're what they're what they're working on right now. Yeah. Um, so I think that, you know, not not saying that's what you're looking to be for, you know, your thing. I'm just saying just in general, just having the, the in-person experience. Yeah. Um, or the the, the physical kind of yeah, in-person physical experience yeah and then doing something online might be interesting so i can make a connection yeah. well and you know that i think that physical when it comes to venture capital and just that whole world they're not they're it's they're used to investing in like technology companies um and not like physical companies with assets you know like wedding dresses and so i think it's, you know, again, something that I love that um, Jewel and Justin are doing at Collab is like their thesis is saying like, hey, just because you may not make us, you know, 10x, you know, what what other uh, venture firms are asking for in the first one or two years doesn't mean that we're just going to toss you out and you're done with. And I love that because I think that, you know, something as, you know, people of color, like we've had to build a resilience like no other. And so, you know, having, taking on money can be scary and taking on money and then someone saying, okay, now you need to 10 X this in, you know, 12 months. 
that can take a toll mentally on you um, as well as physically. And so I think having, having a fund that says, hey, just because you don't outperform everyone else doesn't mean that we're going to put you to the side. You know, I, I think that's, that's something that is really uh, appealing to me. And I think a lot of other funds will eventually see, you know, Warby Parker is a great example. So Warby Parker started off online, direct to consumer, you know, now you go to, you know, perimeter mall and different malls and they have storefronts. And so, you know, they were venture backed. Um, there's, I'm not going to say the names of the companies, but there's several um, bridal direct to consumer venture backed companies that failed last year um, mm. and actually came to us asking if we were interested in buying their inventory. Mm. These are companies that had 20, $30 million checks had, you know, places in Soho, places in LA. And, you know, they're coming and asking me if I can take their inventory off their hands. And here I am still bootstrapped. And so I think that a lot of times people um, discount resiliency, um, but that's definitely something that I don't do. And I think that people like Jewel and Justin and and you um, see and, you know, I appreciate you guys being backing me and being uh, being at the support system that I needed, especially over this last year. Nah, for sure, for sure. I mean, so one of the great things that I, that I like about you again, I'm a big I'm a big fan. But as it relates to our program, and we talk about at the end of the day, the relationship gap is really about trust. Does one person or one group trust another person? In another group, particularly when they're the quote unquote power dynamics for various reasons are, are different. And so one of the ways at Goody Nation, we look at trust is who shows up and who shows up in the right way. And what I can definitely tell you by by you is that you show up, you do things the right way. And when to your earlier point around, you know, opportunities of being prepared, like it flows through how you execute and carry yourself. And so when opportunities come up, you know, you're you're prepared personally, but also we trust that you have the ability to take advantage of whatever opportunities we can help you. We can help put in put in front of you. Right. Which which means it's a win win for for everybody. So kudos to you for being who I appreciate you are. That. Thank you. Yeah, you're welcome. But um, yeah, and keep on doing what you're doing. But you just know that 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 that, that we notice and, and, it, and it increases the amount of trust that we have in you. Um, and so that being said, uh, as we come to an end here, how, how can the people get in contact with you, you know, either personally, if they want to get addressed or they know somebody looking to get yeah. addressed and they know somebody that knows somebody's looking to get addressed, stuff like that. Yeah. So, um, you can find us online. Our website's lanelondon.com, um, L-A-I-N-E-L-O-N-D-O-N.com. Instagram um, is our primary place where you can check check out all of our beautiful gowns, uh, my amazing social team. We're always posting fun videos with our brides. That's at Lane underscore London. Um, also on Facebook, but um, primarily Instagram. That's where all the, all the fun happens. Um, or you can visit us. So our boutique is located in Chambly, Georgia, which is still inside the perimeter. Um, we're right by uh, PDK Airport. Um, you know, appointment only, but, you know, feel free to swing by. Um, and if I'm there, you know, I'll say hi and grab a cup of coffee or something, but, um, yeah, just we're, we're all over. And then also on Google. So if you Google us, we are the first thing that comes up. If you Google wedding dress rentals, we're the first thing that comes up. Um, shout out to, um, Justin at Propellant Media, who actually, uh, Joey connected me with, they run all of our SEO, um, and paid search through Google, um, so yeah, just Google us. 
One time, one time for Justin Crocs. There's there's a whole backstory there about how I met Justin yeah. and, and his wife. Actually, his his, his wife, uh, Melanie, used to be on my team, my original startup back in Tallahassee, Florida. Wow. Okay. Yeah. So again, relationships relationships matter. He's amazing. Yeah. Um. Cool. Cool. Well, yeah. So this has been an amazing conversation. Yeah. Um. I am looking forward to seeing your growth, and I truly appreciate you coming on our show. For everyone, um, please learn learn more about uh, our company as you know. Follow on Instagram and go to the website and stuff like that. Uh, you can also check out how to get in contact with her on our website, goodynation.org. And um, looking forward to our next conversation. But if but anything else, go out there, y'all, and create great relationships. Know that relationships do matter. Um, she's shown you a great example of how tech is done right. And uh, outwork yesterday, y'all. Peace out. Bye, everyone. Thank you for tuning in to the Wild Relationships Matter podcast by Goody Nation. We hope you enjoyed it. If you were inspired, if you want to make a difference, if you want to close the relationship gap, please follow us at Goody Nation on all social media channels or log on to our website, goodynation.org.